accused of punching a police horse. CTE! 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 Those negative fans make himself vomit. You gotta think the fanatic's gonna go down to her and give her a bunch of hot dogs. Or the snowball starting to come. They'll boo us, but they won't let anybody else boo us. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to 10,000 Losses, your only, your only labor-centric Philadelphia sports podcast. I'm Tom Payne, who is also dying of COVID. And with me, as always, <laughs> with me, as always, is my special handsome co-host, uh, Yay Liam Anderson. And uh, both our pronouns are he, him. And we have, on this special regular episode today, two special guests from the Tipping Pitches podcast, uh, Alex Baisley and Bobby Wagner. Hello. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Thanks What's for going having on? us. What is a what is a special regular episode? I gotta yeah, ask right off the I bat. I was wondering that as well. <laughs> this isn't behind a paywall. We uh, we're just happy to have you here. Really. Yeah. We we we've been putting um, bonus episodes behind a one dollar paywall, but uh. we figure this is a this is a regular special episode because we need to talk about something very important to all of our lives and that is very frustrating the burning dumpster fire that is mlb negotiations well i was i was under the impression that we were here to sing the praises of all 30 billionaires who own baseball teams so i'm actually going to leave uh it's well it's been good good talking nice chatting nice doing just the intro uh uh, liam put them on the 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 wall list just put wall next to it got it got it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like big letters (laughs) um yeah, uh, so uh, could could you two um, introduce yourself for those who uh, might not be familiar with your podcast? Uh, Alex, whose who's turn is it to do it this time? We uh, we like to pass the ball back and forth for who actually has to do the very convoluted elevator pitch of our podcast, but I can't really remember who's on, on the clock this time. I I can't either, but I'll I'll give it my best shot, and you can go. Ju- okay. jump jump in if if I miss anything. Okay, sounds uh, good. Yeah, we we host tipping pitches, uh, which is a a labor-oriented baseball podcast that comes out every week. Uh, we, you know, the the long tail of the the podcast has kind of been one that looks at the sport at the intersection of politics and pop culture, and especially over the last couple of years, the labor element has really uh, seeped in and taken a stronghold. As uh, as it's become harder and harder to ignore the influence of of thirty billionaires <laughs> over the sport that we we love to hate and hate to love. So so that's that's really kind of the the gist of it. We we've had on we've had on players. We have on reporters. Our our fun episodes usually involve talking with uh, with a lawyer or an academic. Trust me, it's a, it's a blast over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you did have famous guest uh, Dave from D- Dave from Delco called in the one time. <laughs> yes, and from his panel van on uh, the Blue Route. Exactly, it was like, like music to my ears hearing that accent. It's like I was back home, you know, suddenly in my in my voice mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's it's you know Delco. You could just spot it like uh, from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, any yeah, actor anywhere in any interview within the first ten seconds. I, I can turn to anyone who I'm in the room with and I can be like, that person is from Philly. Look it up. 
and they look it up 100% success rate I've never gotten one of those wrong yeah it's it's kind of the sleeper hit accent that um I mean it's getting more popular these days there's like like on 95 um there's like ads for uh that those drops you put in water and it's like uh yo philly put these johns in your water and it's spelled water to make it taste to make it taste good like anything the brands have come to ruin it yeah yeah we do the same shit up in boston too or the same thing up in boston too hi alex's grandmother uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they they and they're just like you know the r's in places they don't belong uh dropped r's that sort of thing billboards talking like my dad <laughs> it's it's the what's the worst oh man put this in your water to make it taste wicked good <laughs> <laughs> wicked pisser <laughs> uh yeah every podcast that i do we just evolve into accents almost immediately. Um, Alex, really do you want to share any of your great, great accent work? You're really, I consider you to be more of the accent specialist between us. You do have you a, really? a, great, a great London accent? Oh, <laughs> Liam hates the British accent, so please don't. Do yeah. Jesus Christ, I absolutely am not, am not going <laughs> to open myself up to this ridicule. Uh, uh, this early on, at least. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how off the rails this podcast gets. All right, all right I actually now I see why he hates the <laughs> accent so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, uh, I'm, I'm being oppressed here. Uh, <laughs> I, so uh, speaking of oppression, this this is a little bit of inside baseball, pun intended. Uh, um, here, let me play the, the drop. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, we were so there's a podcast that um, in the Liam extended universe called 10,000 Posts. And they blocked our podcast account. Uh, did Devin, you know I'm, Devin, I'm coming for you. Yeah, hope he listens to this. You just He's did not- a podcast with him. I know. I know. I can't believe he would do this to us. Saying we stole the name. We, don't, we did <laughs> steal the name. Oh, and well, we got to do 11,000, I guess. But I'm not changing the name now. It's the name of the feed and everything. So. Yeah. Well, the feed is under my... Yeah, it's fine. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, we're coming for you. So uh, watch out. Uh, so so um, I know one, one of you is a mess fan, right? Yeah, that's me. All right. So uh, I have a story uh, from Citizens Bank Park this year. Um, well, I have two stories from Citizens Bank Park uh, that are t- tangentially related to your podcast, I guess. Or okay. At least one's related to the Mets. Um, so first time back at Citizens Bank Park, this was like, I want to say like maybe May last year. Uh-huh. And a guy with a Mets mask on just spits on the ground like right in front of where everyone's eating nice and and in in great george costanza-esque fashion i thought of the best comeback after he already left so was, <laughs> i wanted to say ah this isn't fucking queens you can't spill on the floor but he was like you know 30 feet away at that point <laughs> just like running after him yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a joke for you i have a joke for you like hurtling fences yeah um, so that's the first one. And then the second is, uh, <laughs> uh, I, that's just me like like having a captive audience want to talk shit on the Mets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it a Mets game? Or was this it, person it just was, wearing it, a Mets mask? It was the Mets game. You know what it was? It was the game right after that there was like a, f- a almost fight between um, Jose Alvarado and uh, uh, what's yes. his name? I don't um, even remember. I feel like Pete Alonso was involved in this. I don't. I don't remember who he actually threw at first, but or who he lost his command to. I should say on the Philadelphia podcast. But 
yes i recall that little <laughs> scuffle that i was so young then the mets were in first things were good yeah <laughs> yeah there uh, we we had a good job uh booing and what's his name i want i always is it don brown or dom smith dom smith dom smith i want to keep on calling dom brown uh <laughs> dom smith yeah well we had a fun time booing him um <laughs> as you're wont to do in philadelphia yeah uh but yeah so sean doolittle which i know you guys have had on uh-huh. in the past uh so my my aunt taught him ccd wow yeah what a special bond yeah and so he's warming up in the bullpen um when he's on the reds and i wimped out to you go yell like yo what's up you know my aunt says hello <laughs> And so <laughs> I'm just self-effacing myself here because he probably would have been totally cool. Um, but I got scared of because there was cops around. So <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> I feel I like he would have been cool, but he might have just ignored you because he would he would have wanted to lock in. If he was warming up in the bullpen and getting ready to come in the game. But if you had a chance to talk to him after the game, he would have been very cool about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, wait, he's on the Mar- Mariners now? Or is he free agent? I think he's I think he's technically a free agent. He did end the year on the Mariners last year after he was cut by the Reds. Oh, well, Sean Doolittle, if you hear this, uh, please DM come on me. the podcast. DM me. Yeah, come on the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, Barb says hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, all right. Liam, you want to move on to the mailbag? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I, I, I'll have to splice this in. I just had the window. Where'd it go? Hey. Oh, I have the audio um, ready to go in the. Go uh, for it. Um, so speaking of accents, we have ourselves a real live uh, Yinzer. Oh, nice. I, I know you know John from Pittsburgh, but yes. I do. I do like that he he calls in sometimes at like two thirty in the morning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, most of his times he calls in. It's like two three in the morning. I was like, "What are you doing? Dude? Why are you using us as a sleep aid? That's not good." <sighs> yeah. Um, all right, let's uh, hopefully we all hear it and I'm going to click. Hey, Higgins doing over at 10,000 losses. Uh, heard you ask some more questions. It's your favorite Yins or uh, John from Pittsburgh. Yeah, I got a, I got a serious one for you these days. It's how you think this lockout is going to be uh, affecting some of the minor leagues over here. You know, some of us uh, going to Iron Pigs games here regularly, but uh, we worry about them boys up there, you know, and we worry about them players and them workers. So uh, what do you think the impact's going to be? All right. Hail to Pitt. Have you guys a good one. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. He, he didn't drop the F. He, he didn't drop the, the H2P at the end. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He usually also drops the FPSU, so uh, he didn't do it this time. <laughs> uh, well, Pitt cured polio and Penn State didn't, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I feel like I'm I'm out of my wheelhouse on this, but didn't financial consolidation from the majors towards the minors screw these guys over quite a bit already uh so i i'm i'm out of my wheelhouse but i just want to say i love john for pittsburgh you guys know far more about this than i do yeah um i i don't know um maybe i'll have this as a we'll, we'll segue this to our guests what do you guys think put you on the spot <laughs> <laughs> um i mean so i think the lockout technically does not affect their season at all now obviously it makes it awkward because they're having to come to work and they don't for particularly for triple a players they might they don't have the opportunity to get called up the same same way same way that they would to in a normal season um but i think that because 
minor leaguers, as has been much discussed on our podcast and in the wider baseball world, because they are not covered as members of the MLB Players Association. Uh, They don't have any of the same protections that the union has, but therefore they're not affected by a lockout of the MLB Players Association. So I think MLB actually announced last week that they're going to expand the minor league season while locking out the major league oh. season, which is just oh, hilarious. Okay. <laughs> uh, the minor league season is now 150 games instead of 144, or I think 152 games or something like that. Okay. So I think that that had something to do with, according to them, something with player development um, and lining it up more closely to a normal major league season. But yeah, they're, they're, they're coming to work. They nope. are getting their below minimum wage salaries yeah. and they'll be there playing games in all those towns iron pigs will be playing i think uh if if a guy's on a 40 man um but is like on a minor league roster would he be affected uh the... yes yes yeah. he would yeah right, that makes sense although i don't really it's kind of unclear what happens to those guys then so then are they just like hanging at home then because like they're on the minor league teams and the minor league teams are playing and he's just chilling at home. I don't know. That's, that's kind of the confusing part about, well, it's the confusing part more generally and existentially about why minor leagues are not included in the players union. But that's, that's a larger question that we try to tackle pretty often on our podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. Um, that um, <laughs> we'll see. Cause I did hear something about like, they're still calling minor leaguers to spring training. So why? Uh, I, I don't know. Is it just to torture them? Um, I guess to get them in shape for the the, the minor the minor league season. I guess that makes sense. I just that feels so rude, man. <laughs> like, I guess you have to if they're not being locked out. That just feels like I can't imagine like going to work in the minor leagues. Like, and the, and the fucking majors are locked out too. You're just like, why am I even here, man? Like, there's no chance of me getting promoted right now. Yeah. It is it is like this weirdly precarious situation that they're in, right? Yeah. Because because every day you are effectively taught to to wake up and scratch and claw and fight for your place at the major leagues, and then all of a sudden there are no major leagues. So what does that do to like your work ethic? Right. Yeah. It's just right. like if I know that the highest I can get is like single or double A ball, like I don't want to fucking be here. I mean, it's all part of like the dream being a sham, right? Like the, if the dream is to make it to the major leagues, but also this is how they treat you once you get to the major leagues, they lock you out the first minute that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Then why are we, you know, going off like hope and change? Like why, why are we not actually paying them a livable wage at each step of the process? <sighs> yeah. I mean, that, that kind of segues to something I've said on this podcast like several times is, is like MLB owners just have this pernicious like shittiness. Um, like more so than almost any other sport. Um, and I'm, you know, NFL owners are not that much better, but the, the yeah, MLB owners are just absolute. NHL owners are pretty bad. Yeah. NHL. I mean, we, we had the first canceled season, right? Um, uh, the NHL did. I forget which season, but I think it was the first. For the, sh- the, the lockout. Yeah. The, it lasted a whole season. Hang on. Uh, doing research um well while while liam's doing that research (laughs) uh i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of segue from the minor leagues to the to the the sort of the the thesis or the topic you know question of of uh having you on today which is why are we fans of the stupid sport and its greedy owners Uh uh-huh 
Like, why do we do this to ourselves every year? Like loving baseball, and I'm a little, I'm a little more into baseball. Than Liam is like I like baseball to me is like you know like an existential you know thing. And like my hockey is your baseball. Yeah, and and you know it's something that I get you know chills over. You know if I go replay like the 2008 you know call the World Series. You know? Yeah, you were just um, a big Joe Buck fan. Uh, uh well the Harry Callis calls. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but uh, we talked the last podcast about how stairs rips one into the night actually is was pretty good. Um. <laughs> um, you know, so like the sport holds so much like, you know, history and, and love. And yet it is just in the control of these just absolutely like, you know, I don't want to get too purple prosy here, but like you know, just ridiculously stuck up and, you know, uh, selfish ownership. And, 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 and why is it like this? You know, like <laughs> the eternal question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the question that we made a podcast to try to answer. Um, still have nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing for, for and change years in. I don't know, Alex, you, you take a stab at this one first. I'd love to see how much your answer has changed. Cause I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like we ask ourselves this question, we get asked this question a lot. And I actually think I used to have a much more cynical view on it than I, than I do now, but I'm curious if you feel similarly, Alex. I mean, I, you know, I think that you you guys touched on it in, in how crucial the history of the game is to the present of the sport today. And that, I mean, that can go in many different directions. Um, But I think that, there is such a generational aspect to baseball just it's simply because it is, you know, the, the longest running professional major professional sport, right. In, in the current form, it's largely been the same for the last century plus. Uh, and, and because there's so much history Im- imbued in that um, I feel, it, I, you know, the game feels like it carries a lot of weight you know it's baseball but it's but it's more than that it's mm-hmm. i mean we have been told well, it's like going sure. to the park with your dad and like yeah, yeah. right exactly in a, in a way that like and i think not to stop i think part of it i had two thoughts on this part of it is that tickets for baseball games are still relatively affordable if you're a family of four mm-hmm. which like isn't true of any of the other three major sports and also it was the 2004-2005 nhl season that didn't get played because of a labor dispute. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the, we've gotten our answer. We got <laughs> our answer. Like you can still go as a family of four and like get a beer and like get a hot dog and not worry if you're going to break the bank. But I was thinking, and and this is just uh, almost like a, a just spitballing, but I feel like baseball careers, like once you're an established star, tend to last much longer than like a like especially a, a like a, a hockey career with some exceptions or like, especially a football career. Yeah. Like Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. I think not, (laughs) not in the least because of his longevity, but it feels like in baseball, all these dudes have longevity. So like, you'll have a father and son where the dad can remember like watching, you know, that guy playing like single a ball because you're getting drafted at 18 and you may retire for this 22 years. That's an entire generation. I can remember seeing like Albert Pujols, you know, when I was what, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and it's and it's just that, right? It's it's these memories that you can share with your 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 mom or your grandpa or you know whoever it is. There is there's there's a real narrative kind of arc to the sport that I think is kind of lacking, not for uh, for any particular reason, but from from other sports. You know, we still talk about Babe Ruth to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, getting to the second part of the question, like why do we hate this sport and its greedy owners? I think it's it's because the owners are very very good at whipping up uh, public opinion in their favor and they've been oh, good, at, good at that yeah. for for 75 years right i mean going back all the way i'm an A's fan and i think of uh of charlie finley who was like the owner's owner i mean he was a whack job and he thought outside the box but like whether you loved him or not you at least had uh an opinion about him right and and in recent decades i think i've I, they've gotten very very savvy at turning public ire towards the players when anything goes wrong and then sitting sitting quietly when when things are going well i think there are a couple things i mean because of what you're describing alex because of baseball being around for so long and meanwhile if you can hear some background noise here it's because i'm currently in the suburbs and they're of course grinding a tree right around the corner from my house um anyway i think that because it's been around for so long the types of owners who get in to the sport are like the very true blue American style businessmen who are like, I'm here as an investment or or like I'm here to capitalize on all of these emotions that people feel around this sport. It's like, it's like entertainment. It's like film. It's like theme parks. It's like, and then, and baseball, like we can, they saw an opportunity the original class of owners who turned it into the profitable sport that it is today. I think there's a lot of consternation about the popularity of baseball. And meanwhile, it's super, super, super profitable as profitable as it's ever been because it's such a long season and it's on all the time. And it has a built in devoted fan base because of what we're talking about. Even if that fan base is not the size of football, nothing is the size of football. Right. And they saw an opportunity to be like, Oh, we can, we can siphon some money out of this. Like, and you can't, you can't deny that they're very good at doing that. There are a lot of structural problems as to why they shouldn't be doing that. I don't believe that they should be a part of this equation at all, but you know, baseball owners saw that first and they saw like a community drive towards the sport. And they were like, Hey, I see, I see dollar signs here. And we're still kind of like dealing with that decades and decades later. And the players union is still dealing with that decades and decades later. They, started like way behind the game you know they had nothing to start out with and like several like aborted attempts at starting unions like starting back i mean we had like the players like way back yeah but yeah, like yeah. you know um with the, the the mlbpa didn't really exist until when um it really uh, came you know it really came to prominence in the 1960s with marvin miller yeah. Okay, um, yeah so that's very late yeah yeah and especially when you compare it to like the other you know, most notable American unions who, who like were getting their largest wins at the turn, you know, around the industrial revolution. And then in baseball, it's like, while all these businessmen are developing union busting strategies or anti-labor strategies, baseball waits 60 more years for their union to really get any more strength. And then all of a sudden you like have 
a disadvantage and the owners are always going to be operating from you know a a slightly strategic point of view mm-hmm. because there's right. fewer of them so they can afford to like align with each other or, or they can plan to align with each other a lot better than a thousand players can and then that's kind of like the story of american labor right yeah i mean they can collude oh. They can collude all the time. So like easily. Yeah. They can collude legally, too, because yeah. they, they have an antitrust exemption, yeah, too, antitrust which is another right. embedded element of this. I I was going to say, too, uh, I, I was just looking right before we started recording at uh, Garrett Cole tweeted something about like about the negotiations, essentially, and about the union. And someone was like, it's really hard when to, to be sympathetic to you framed as millionaires versus billionaires. And it's like, you like I've said this to Corinne, I've said this before, you have much more in common with LeBron fucking James than you do with like whoever owns the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing. It's just like this guy was like not born into generational wealth just by his sheer natural talent and ability and getting certain breaks like is he now worth that much as opposed to like doing all sorts of shady tax shit and you know not paying stadium employees when covid hit so on and so forth yeah yeah well yeah. I, uh, I sorry there was stuff on you there i will say lebron james uh, is fully into charter school so as a teach as a yeah. proud oh, he, teacher <laughs> uh, i do have to fucked. i don't hate lebron uh but yeah i the, forgot about that the charter school uh, thing you know he can uh yeah you said it <laughs> It's sorry, definitely, I mean, sorry again uh, <laughs> for the swearing. Uh, oh, I'm uh, there's like a fifty percent chance my grandma is actually going to tune into this. I think she's <laughs> she might just be a dedicated tipping pitches listener. I don't know if she listens to the features, so she, we'll she have could to be like my grandma who would she be like doesn't listen to the features. My grandma, she's like I don't read curse ber- curse words in books. I'm like Graham, you can't not read the curse word like you can't not decode like i right. you don't I know have, what it is unless you i have read a degree it. in education like i have a master's degree in this and like i know how <laughs> reading works you can't not read you can't turn it off unless you get like a brain injury and she's like, like i've been around longer yeah. than you and yeah. i fucking can yeah 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 basically he's <laughs> like ah well shit and then you know <laughs> turns around <laughs> i think one of the elements that we haven't really hit on too is that it's like it's it's so fraught because not a lot of American workers have any solidarity demonstrated in their life. And so when they're asked to show solidarity for hey, players, I have to bring my girlfriend toilet paper. That's a real thing. I have to say on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we lost Liam. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, please continue. Train thought if it hasn't been derailed. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think not a lot of American workers are asked to show solidarity with people that they work with or with people in different industries than they're in. And so these conversations always become fraught. The fans who are replying, I I can't show sympathy with millionaires because I only make $35,000 a year, whatever they're replying and saying, I don't think that they've had have fun editing that out. (laughs) I don't think that they've had any opportunities to, like learn what it would actually mean to show solidarity with baseball players who you actually do like Liam said, have way more in common with than owners. Like what owners are not providing anything for your life at all. But the baseball players are, they're providing you baseball. I mean, here's the thing is like when, when I see fans saying I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the millionaires in this fight, a part of me thinks, look, I get it. 
in in any other context i probably wouldn't either and even if you think about baseball players outside of a labor context i may not have a ton of sympathy the for most sympathetic for dudes them. in the world <laughs> right yeah exactly um but what we what we always love to say is like yes that's that's one dynamic but if you drop a, a few zeros from each of their net worth from each of their salaries the owners and the players this is the exact same dynamic between you and your boss it's on a much yeah. larger scale and i understand why it's frustrating when you the you know the, the working class fan doesn't get to watch baseball but but bobby is like as you were saying there's a lack of like labor kind of literacy in understanding like what solidarity actually does mean and what it what it means when the the labor is actually going to the mantle for for the, what they feel that they've earned that's the other really, thing that's really, really frustrating point. Yeah, about really those reply point. those reply guys the other thing that frustrates me a lot about the millionaires versus billionaires reply is well like then do you have solidarity with tom the teachers unions like do you have solidarity with the nurses unions <laughs> no, during the pandemic? no no they don't i i exactly I, of course not oh well my, but it's not um, about their net worth though it's about the fact right. that they don't want to have to think about anything except themselves like people who reply right. like that they don't and that's what i'm saying is like they they haven't had to learn what it means to have solidarity with other human beings other than themselves yeah. and people they personally know well, i i've told the story in the podcast before but um when the when covid um we shut down in pennsylvania last march um, you know, and we were, we were going virtual, uh, back in 2020, actually that's back in 2020, um, that, um, I go to the beer store as one does like, like the day of, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be working from home, grab some beer. And, you know, I was talking to the guys at the beer store, I, I know, and some old head like listens here over here. He's like, oh, well you get to teach from home now. You guys get all this time off for work and all this kind of, <laughs> you get off the summer and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, um, how much like what do you do like what's your job and he you know says a bunch of stuff I'm like yeah i work 60 yard weeks and i was like all right cool do you know what it sounds like the problem is the problem is that i get summers off the problem that you don't have a union yes. right? you know and, and he doesn't <laughs> yes. and he did you know it's like oh well, oh yeah well i could just talk to my boss and i it's like all right yeah whatever dude and you know he walked away but like yeah that's like it's like almost like it's like on this individual level because we're so divorced from we're saying we're so alienated right from our labor that we don't have solidarity and like we're not even allowed to have like solidarity strikes anymore like that's a yeah. that's technically illegal i mean if enough of us do it it's fine but yeah no we get we get you know shit on all the time you know the you see anything in philadelphia kind of kind of walking it back to our city you know philly's a very union town mm -hmm. right and you mention a union on like you know reddit or twitter or something like that you know, like electricians union or steamfit or something. And the first thing you hear is talk about how corrupt they are and how they get all these breaks and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah you know, you're don't hate them. Like, because they have they, what you don't have, you need to unionize your job and it's hard. It's, it's hard on purpose, you know, but yeah, we, um, I was, uh, by, by one union gig, uh, was that I, uh, I worked for the Pennsylvania liquor control board. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was it, because we have state control in PA as you know, and obviously forbidden from going out like this and that you get people who are just like oh you, you know you you make way too much money for just like selling liquor and it's like blah blah blah. it's like what what kind of fucking attitude is that man like and these are just like liquor store consumers who, yeah, are, yeah. who have the the anti-union sentiment like 
you have it bred into you in America, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these people who, you know, down to like General Motors collapse because they were paying too much in union costs. And that's why like, you know, this and that happened. To the, the, it's like, no, GM was just making shitty cars in the 80s and never <laughs> caught up. Like that's what happened. But I feel like yeah. it's so easy to see it as like, fuck you i never got mine so why should you get yours yeah and then it's but then so ultimately that becomes that like then why do we ever make anything better at all then well, like, exactly. let's just never exactly. make anything better then like right. play, baseball players have it good great imagine if you had it that good with the billionaire yeah. who owns your sector you know what i mean like it's it's a very unique labor pool i will give you that they have a very unique set of skills they get paid more than probably they should but that's a conversation that we need to have about capitalism then and right. i don't really About think the like, billions of dollars that are poured into this industry which right? by I'm the like, way is it going to 30 guys are splitting half of that and a thousand guys are splitting the other half it's a zero-sum game you're not getting any of it it's not right. going back it's a to big the club fan. and you're not in it right yeah, the owners like, made the choice for it not to go back to the fan by the way like it's not like the players yeah. got together and they were like we want to raise prices for fans that was the right. owners who did that Right. And it's not like, and there's no like, you know, I mean, Green Bay Packers aren't really, I mean, they're community owned, but they're not kind like, you don't get like returns on your shares. Right. Um, like, which you probably should now that I Yeah. Think about like, there's it. nothing like, there's no, um, there's nothing like that Promise in the sport. Shared. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, Philadelphia has done, and like stadiums are a thing that I get like boy hot. Mad oh, at. same. And, um, you know, they're trying this, this shit with like Reading with the Reading, uh, Fight Phil's. Um, trying to get the town, which is very poor and does not have money, to contribute most of the money to build rebuilding the double A stadium back to what it, you know the new standards are, and um, but yeah, like there's there's just this lack of lack of awareness, lack of understanding. Um, so I, I we kind of covered some of the stuff that I want to talk about, especially like public perception, because I think the thing right now is you see, I mean, even like in the post that um i made today with the podcast account there was some guy like oh send it write this petition so that both parties will get to the table and it's like i saw that yeah yeah it's not the player's fault that they're not at the table it is mlb reneging on their promise to come back with a counter and now going to like like asking for federal arbitration and they're doing this because by the players not responding you know not biting that with that it makes the um the owners be like well hey we we want arbitration um right and it's just that that bullshit like see we're trying guys and the players who have effectively like very little power are are bullying us around yeah it reminds me of the septa strike from a few years ago where management started appealing directly to the public with like don't you want to go back to work like you know talk to well it's not our fault it's just like no it is entirely your fault yeah and I don't want to scab driving my train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. Um, I, the federal mediator thing, and maybe we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves if we're going to talk about like how negotiations have been going to this point. But we just spent a lot of time talking about the federal mediator and why it was kind of like a PR sham move from the owners. But the thing is, it takes a lot of time to explain that because most people yeah. don't have, as we talked about, firsthand experience with the union negotiation in which a federal mediator was a part of like i've been in a union negotiation where a federal mediator was helpful so my first thought when i saw this was like oh this could be helpful but then it takes the extra step it takes the extra effort to learn oh mlb and the mlb players association have a tortured history with using a federal mediator in 1994 and that federal mediator was appointed by bill clinton 
who is Bill Clinton. And yeah. that federal mediator made a sh- did nothing for months and then made a shitty suggestion that the players wanted nothing to do with. And so why would the players sign up to do that again? That was their experience right. in the past. But, you know, it takes less time for the owners to say, we want a federal mediator for help, period. And then most fans just internalize that. And then it takes the extra effort, which the media is not going to do. Like most right. mainstream media is not going to go the extra mile to explain why federal mediation is not wanted by the players. And I wish that they would, but they didn't. You know, they just had that opportunity to do it last week, and I didn't see well, a lot of people talking not about to, that. Right. Lo- local news definitely isn't doing that. I mean, oh, absolutely not. It's just well, they're still not talking to each other. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but they will. They will play a a, a, a goddamn DraftKings. And now during during like on yes, channel six news, they, do. they literally do. It's the worst fucking thing in the universe. It takes up like the bottom third of the screen. Now. I hate it's it like, so much. Uh, that shit should be illegal, man. Go, go back. Just make sports betting illegal again, or actually make it legal. But if you talk to anyone about it, you get the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would say that the league, man, like in an ideal universe, sports betting is legal, but because you take it out of like bookies and shit, but that, the teams can have absolutely like nothing to do with it. Otherwise just, just uh, put Pete Rose in the hall of fame then, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Why, uh, you know, I mean, he's a giant, he's a giant jerk, you know, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but if you're going to have, you know, uh, what was it? The Cubs are trying to put in a, uh, like a betting. Uh, oh yeah. The Sixers yeah, they're, have they're building one. a sports book. Yeah. The Sixers, uh, the Sixers have one at, at uh, Wells Fargo. That's going to, that, that's going to, something's going to happen. There's going to be someone loses out oh, big yeah. time. And there's going to be someone throws a you know a can of soda Joel and beat or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and they and just don't gonna, care. Yeah, and I mean it's already been accused in the NFL. I mean it wasn't directly tied to betting, right? But the Brian Flores thing, right. if he's being paid by the owner to lose games, then he's throwing games. You know, like the team right. is throwing games, which right. it only takes one more step for sports books to monetize that and for it to be completely corrupt, as opposed to just normal to everybody, normal everybody right. else corrupt i mean we see it we see it with like fantasy sports already as like a precursor right i mean athletes will post screenshots of the the awful things that oh yeah people, oh you went you won't oh for four with four k's today i needed this you you know like yeah. insert slur here right yeah and then you start to think about okay when t- people have tens of thousands of dollars on the line abuse of the athletes are, is gonna go up and yeah just the the chances of some sort of corruption in this process is like like it's gonna happen eventually it's an it's a when not if yeah, right no it's way easier they're gonna catch someone yeah yeah ahead. yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like yeah. especially with you know i don't know what the are there any agreements on like how to split the money gained from gambling or does the league not take it or um i think it's a bigger question in other sports baseball doesn't have a salary cap so there's no oh right a salary cap or a salary floor so there's no like percentage split that is required within the cba but in basketball yeah it has to be split by whatever their cba dictates i think it's like 52 percent of the owners 48 percent of the players or something like that i'd I'd love to find out that some of like the the shittiest uh umpires or on the take or something like that well that was the, there was an nba ref that was on the take right yeah Tim Donaghy. yeah Donaghy. yeah 
And that was before sports betting was even legal. Now that you just have a phone call with the (laughs) the sports books. Yeah, they could have an app in their phone. They could be clicking the, you know, the balls and strikes counter on one hand and then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have very little time. So do you want to talk about, Tom, specifically uh, Philly's ownership as a microcosm of the game at large? Yeah, I was going to make a joke about Sean Barber being one of the worst umpires I've seen (laughs) in real life. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll move. to to Philly's related ownership shit grievances um because because we have a we have a grievance with um John stupid money aka Moneybags Middleton <laughs> the majority owner of the Philadelphia Phillies um, where's my bullpen John where's 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 my um <laughs> where's my left fielder where's my center fielder where's, where's my, my playoff baseman? appearances where's where's someone to compliment Bryce Harper um in his prime because this is this is like a big thing here is that we're like you know philly sports talk radio where you know delco dave calls in and one things i think that, that the listeners get right when they call in is that middleton is afraid to go over the luxury tax mm-hmm. and is wasting i mean we had an mvp cal well, an MVP, literal mvp and cy young year or cy young caliber year you know from 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 the Phillies and we still didn't make the playoffs. So because to him he's spent the money already and the win should come naturally. Like that's <laughs> that's got to be the that's got to be the logic, right? Like the Adam Hazley breakout is coming soon, <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Uh, uh in OTP he ends up he ends up uh <laughs> the last time I played in OTP uh uh um, Phillies franchise he ended up becoming like just you know, perennial gold glove. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish I could make this reality. <laughs> and then uh, Nick Maytime uh, left to go play basketball. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, oh, no, but, of course, naturally. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so is this like a, you know, I paid, I got you the guy kind of scenario or is this, is there something else that we're not seeing here? I think it's I mean, I think it's interesting when like Middleton is an interesting case, right? Like it's an owner who's pretty recently acquired the team. I don't remember what year it was, but it's it's not it's like still new and interesting to him, presumably like more interesting than his family's cigarette business was (laughs) or whatever he like. However, he got his three point four billion and comes in. There's a lot of talk about how much money he has. He's like on sort of like the middle to upper end of wealth but he's also like a perfect case for when alex and i talk about like owner wealth and owners personal finances have nothing to do with any of this stuff like no owner is spending from their personal money with maybe the exception of steve cohen now because he's office (laughs) rocker but right in a good way like all of his other wall street shit aside like the fact that he's maybe going to spend 300 million dollars on the mets is like one of five good things that he's done in his life but Middleton, like being so afraid of the luxury tax makes no sense to me in a way that like I do wonder if these teams it's just like accepted that they're not supposed to go over the luxury tax. And if you do, you're really not supposed to do it for very long. Otherwise, the other owners will start to lobby and put pressure on you and owner. And you don't want to do that. Like you don't want to betray your owner class. They actually have class consciousness when it comes to this kind of stuff and so middleton is like i don't want to like pay the tax because i'm 
I don't want to like fork over that money, but also I don't want to pay the tax because the other 29 guys in the room don't want me to pay the tax. Like, and that's why we see so few teams go over and the teams that we do see go over, they go right back down underneath after. Right. Cause the Red Sox went over and won a world series and got penalized with every pick. And then immediately started gutting salary. Like they were the fucking raise. And it yeah. was like, we have a core that could have won at least another one. Like, what are you doing? As a fa- like, it was just like here. You got your shiny bobble. You got your World Series trophy. Now be grateful. As I as I cut apart the team that and, won a World Series, and, and, and it sucked to watch. That's that's what like the big thing that confuses me, and and, and maybe I just haven't thought about this long enough. <laughs> but like, if you for if you're in it to make money, right? Yeah, having a dynasty is going to make you like it's going like to be a, a strong return ton, on investment. Yeah. You know and I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this. You know, maybe it's like, well, I'm making money anyway. So, or do they not even care about making money? Like, I think at this point, the market is so detached. They're just waiting to basically sell the team for the highest price. They're detached from winning, but they're almost detached from it. Cause you could win. I think it's so fucked up now because messed up because (laughs) you get money with or without a winning record. So like what incentive is there to win Mm -hmm. besides like, not pissing off your fan base, but like these guys are so detached from reality. They don't care about the fan base. Right? Like Alex, that's what Rob Maines told us. Or like, that's what, when mm-hmm. we had Rob Maines, who's a writer for baseball Prospectus, who is a former like financial analyst who now writes about baseball. And he does a lot of writing about how owners make their money and why they act the way they act. And we had him on and we were basically like, Hey, this is our work cited for when we're talking shit about why owners do what they do. Can you answer some of these questions for us? And we were like, what happened to the idea of a loss leader where like you, you spend money, you go over the tax to try and win so that you can do what you're describing. Liam is create a dynasty, make it more valuable and then sell your franchise for more. And I think somewhere along the way, and I think you can make a pretty convincing case that it was Moneyball to like the early two thousands. But a lot of owners were doing this before Moneyball, but it became the dominant, you know, ideology in the room is that somewhere along the way, owners realized they can save money year over year so they can pocket 30, 40, 50, 60 billion, 60 million by not spending that on payroll because they're not telling anybody how much they're making in revenue. They're not like being honest and disclosing those numbers team by team. They're only doing it league wide. Right. And also the franchise will go up in value. So they're like winning on both ends and they're like, well, as a business person, I have to make that decision because I'm an animal like that. That is just I'm a simple creature who only knows how to make the choice that will make me more money. Right, I'm a small, small being who has anxiety. Please <laughs> yeah. do not pay attention to my net worth. Oh, but can like, we bully John Middleton now? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the thing is like, I, I, it, this, the Philly situation feels like more complicated than, than that, right? Because it's obviously, yeah, that's the other it's, it's not like an A situation where they are just trying to cobble together the best team they can with an $80 million payroll and just try and luck into a playoff spot, right? Like they went out and got Bryce Harper. They went out and got Zach Wheeler. Yeah. And and they are, it seems like they have tried to feel the somewhat competitive team over the last few years. It just hasn't been successful, but you don't really see them trying to build off of that it's kind of just like well we made our moves it's, right it's That's exactly it's gonna happen right. it's gonna happen eventually right one day bryce harper will have his mvp season again you know, and and it's like that's you need to compliment. This isn't basketball. You need to yeah. compliment your stars yeah. with actual good 
role players who can who can provide support. Sensitive subject yeah. though, Alex. Joel and Bede need some good role players too, though. We're on a Philly mm. Philly podcast. Like we got it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh we're, we're, we're really, already mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Phillies are really I mean, it's interesting. It's like a half-built team, you know, but yeah. Middleton, I I mean, I'm not gonna like, you know, disprove any of your feelings or anything about Middleton because I agree with what you guys are saying and that it's ridiculous that he hasn't gone the extra mile, at least gone up to the luxury tax. Like why stop at 190? Why not stop at 210? It doesn't $20 million can get you a lot of other stuff, particularly bullpen pieces, since that's what the Phillies have needed for years. It's really weird that they won't do that. But on the other hand, the flip side of this coin is just why it's so confounding the way that Middleton and the Phillies have acted for the last five years is that they hired Dave Dombrowski, who is like an all in guy who's going to spend money and who's going to do that stuff. So when we did our least terrible owners draft, which is, very tongue-in-cheek the tongue is all the way in the cheek when we did that episode a few weeks ago yeah uh our friends jake mintz and jordan schusterman selected john middleton as one of the least terrible owners in baseball because they will do stuff because he will do stuff like that and because he's not completely broke and because he you know will spend at least 190 which is better than a lot of guys right now i just think that there's a lot of factors that are sort of mitigating that like that he won't that that like it's not in vogue for teams to spend way over the luxury tax on a sustainable way. I guess if you're an owner, it sucks to hear that's not good enough, but like, that's not good enough. for not even making the fucking playoffs. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, it's, and the idea of like commitment to the team is completely divorced from winning right now because right. the Rays win, but their ownership doesn't commit to the team and the yeah. Phillies don't win, but they kind of committed by signing Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. So like we need to pull those things closer together again, which I think is what the players association is trying to accomplish in bargaining right now. It's like losing needs to stop being financially incentivized so that Absolutely. we can care more yes. about winning yeah. and get back to fans. Like, like I've, give I've back had this to the pro- fans who are paying so much money to come see our games. I've had this proposal for, for a while. Uh, that's sort of my nuclear option for American sports, which is that a tanking should be punished by like your draft pick should get taken away and shit like that. And if you continue to be a team like the Jets or someone where every year you're just hopelessly incompetent, eventually you're forced to sell the team. I know it'll never happen, but I can dream big. <laughs> but I'm always just like, no, if you go like in, in football, if you go fucking freaking four and 13 every year for like five years, like somebody's head's going to roll. And I mean, literally, and the fans get to go down to MetLife and use whatever implements they want. And the owner has to have a nice time. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah. We, and you're not going to get pushed get back that, from us get, on that. They, we got to get that guillotine they have down in Puerto Rico. Whenever they, <laughs> whenever they protest the uh, stuff in San Juan, roll that one out to the square. I think abolish the draft is a completely reasonable take for what we're talking about. Um, but in baseball, it's not quite as perfect to fix tanking because the, those draft picks don't pay off quite as quickly. And yeah, so I right. think owners often owners and GMs and front offices, whatever stat people, they often make the case that like, it, it doesn't even matter if we get the first overall pick because the baseball draft is so weird. So yeah. And you, uh, how many rounds is it? Is it still like 32 or whatever? It was 40 and now it's what? 25. Is it short? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and it's like, it's the same thing in hockey because you're just, you're drafting guys who aren't going to be like, meaningfully good at hockey for another seven years unless they're like a, like Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin and there's not usually more than one of those guys a decade not like even a year 
I mean, we were all drafted in the 40th round. Um, they looked at my middle school uh, walk rate. <laughs> you know, that was pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's a big country. That's big country Tom Payne, everyone. (laughs) I saw Alex's uh, little league changeup, which has been much discussed on tipping pitches. It was it was it was a fastball at the time, although in retrospect, yeah, just really dropped off the table, but not by any doing of his. Just kind of gravity got to it. (laughs) I will say, I do appear. uh, I think I've told the story, but I'm I'm not. I don't know where you guys have got to go nowish, but. I appear in a hype video for a Clemson prospect. <laughs> uh, I, like on I, the wor- on the bad end, yeah, of it? on the receiving Ooh. end of the Clemson prospect. <laughs> this boy was like six six and probably like three twenty three thirty. And there's a video in his like high school like highlights mixtape of me getting. I don't think he went anywhere in the present. He ended up going undrafted, but he he just absolutely fucking flattens me. Like I'm in a what, big wait, boy. What sport are we talking about here? Football. football. Okay. <laughs> I was like, was yeah. this baseball? Are you playing first and he's rounding first? Like, yeah, you know this just slides yeah. into me. <laughs> I get removed from this earth. You got drowning pool with the bodies of the floor play, and it's just like like him plunking you, like yeah. illegally, <laughs> or just hitting you in the face, like Bryce Harper got hit. Oh, that was oh. it. Was brutal. I like sometimes like when I need to humble myself, I go back and watch that. Oh God, no, <laughs> no thanks. Wow. I, I just I just go back and listen to one of the first episodes of this podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> things, things do get better. Yeah. <laughs> Alex and I's first couple episodes were like, so we got into the studio. It, we started when we were in college. You so guys we have our, a studio? No, we started when we were in college. Oh. So we were at our college radio station. It's where the show began, um, and now we record from home. But we would like get into the studio and be like, so what do you want to talk about? And then the other person would be like, you know, there's a lot of good shortstops these days. Maybe you want to just do an entire podcast talking about how we like the shortstops that are in baseball. <laughs> and uh, our show has since taken a much more refined direction. I would say. There are, there are episodes of early podcast, early versions of, well, there's your problem that are, that are like borderline unlistenable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, with my first mic with my first mic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That's not true. Thanks, Tom. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why you guys sound so good because you have like the college radio ex- uh, experience there. <laughs> well, yes, and then also I went into podcasting in my actual nine to five professional job too. So I I learned a lot in in that crash course that is being an American worker. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're, uh, I forgot you were dying of COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. You guys yeah. were fantastic. Yeah, thank you guys for having us so much. Um, I'm sorry I have to cut it short because I have to make it to a dinner in good old King of Prussia at seven. But oh, where are you going? Uh, I actually don't know. I I wasn't the person oh. who selected the. Ah, I'm just see. showing up. Um, but thank you so much for having us. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah we'll have to get us back on and dive deep into some, you know, <laughs> maybe when there's a season. <laughs> yeah, if, if and when there's a season. Yeah, that's uh, right before this. We we hopped on. I because you guys are a Philly sports podcast. I, you just caught me googling like Philly's roster. Like oh, who's yeah. even on the on oh, yeah. the team? Bryce Harper. Bryce, Bryce Harper is mm-hmm. he's he's still in in that's the it. three hole. Yeah, right, no, that's it. He he Bryce plays Harper. every position. Uh, JT Realmuto, um, Alex Bohm. Yeah, uh, Alec, who I Alec, like, but Alec. is I like, but is terrible. 
Um, I have to say before before I hop off here, just how much I miss Zach Wheeler and how how happy I am for you guys that you get to watch him every stud five days. He's an absolute <laughs> stud, and um, enjoy him. The Mets yeah. earned it though; they let him walk. And they didn't regret it at the time. Thanks, Brody Van Wagenen. Thanks, noted player agent, not GM, Brody Van Wagenen. I forgot. Oh, God, I forgot about. Oh. And, and we enjoy when he makes Mets uh, chase to that Nancy Tusier. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks again, so, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, guys. Hey, yous. It's Tom here in post. So at this point, we let Bobby and Alex certificate pitches go get their dinner and whatnot out in the wilds of king of prussia thanks again for them to coming on the podcast definitely check them out um it's tipping pitches like we said it's a great podcast um, i'm a big fan of it and <laughs> preface this here you know segment coming up where liam and i talked about the rest of the four sports we clearly recorded this before the big news today uh ben simmons seth curry and andre drummond and two first rounders from the sixers Going to the Nets for James Harden, Paul Millsap. We did not think this trade was going to happen. You know, we thought it was kind of just rumor mill stuff. But it looks like it, it did happen. Uh, Liam and I talked about it. Kind of begrudgingly okay with this. I think Liam's a little happier than it, about it than I am. But we gave up Ben. Obviously, you know, that was something that had to, had to happen. But... um. Seth, you know, I'm kind of sad to see him go, but we are getting another perimeter shooter, James Harden. Drummond, we do love our big, large hero ball guy, but, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully Harden's going to be a team player and we won't have any issues and we're all in, guys. We're all in. And maybe we will get Joel Embiid dunking on Ben Simmons as a buzzer beater to send us to some round of the playoffs or to some higher seed. Um, all I know is that Ben's first game back in Philly, I would be surprised if he plays. Because <laughs> it's going to just be absolutely insane. All right. Sorry for my rough voice again. I'm still, this is a day later. I'm still recovering for COVID. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Oh, they can still hear us, the talk crap. Though. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> I heard they eat their own poop. No. I can't, t- I can't. You know, uh, say anything about poop today. So, uh, oh, funny. I'm not going to share the story. I'm not going to share the story. No, you should. Podcast. It was funny, and I oh. I laughed at your pain. Yeah, you did. Your uh, your Tom pain. Yeah. Uh, where's the drum? All right, there. We go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so why don't we? So, um, that was a lot of Phillies content for you guys, and I'm sure some of you who are not the biggest Phillies fans. Might mad at us now. Be mad. Might you know you can you can uh you know just be mad all you want. Um, I guess we could talk about. Do you have anything for for Super Bowl preview? I mean, I think we kind of covered that last week. Um, I'm, I I don't know. I'm just gonna go off feelings on this one. Yeah. Which is that I think it's probably gonna be the Rams. Um, what I Likely. saw, what I saw in that Titans game, like they allowed like. The Titans beat themselves, not the Bengals beat the Titans in that game. They sacked Burrow nine times. And the fact that, I mean, obviously, losing a game in which you sack a QB nine times is basically organizational malfeasance. Yeah. Uh, but I I just think, like, 
even with Jamar Chase, I think the Rams are probably a little too stacked for like, and I think it'll be a close game, but I think you have much more playoff experience. You have sort of a, a group that knows its role a little better. I think it's probably going to be the Rams in a tight one. Uh, I want the Bengals to win. Obviously, Same. I think we've made that very clear here, but I just I sort of don't think they have the juice to sort of put themselves over the line. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun game, though. I think, um, yeah, it'll be a. Oh, it'll be fun. I think. Yeah. I think there, it's, there's a very good chance that it's like, you know, I'm hoping for a shootout. I'm not really. Right. I know I'm not really going to get one, but I am hoping for one. Yeah, that's the best option. I don't want like one of these like ten to three kind of the grind, like Super Bowl Fifty Three was just yeah. grinding misery. Yeah, just just absolute trash. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anything in the Eagles news that we haven't covered, um, or any new commits to to uh, to Temple to Temple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have NBA trade deadline mania. Oh, the rumor mill. And the Harden rumors right now are like the oh, they biggest. They're out of control, dude. And I don't. It's not. I don't think it's going to happen. I will be no. shocked if it happens. No, I. I. I think the thing is that like. The you know there's these rumors going around where packages don't look anything like each other where it's like oh it's Harden for Simmons one to one no now it's Simmons Matisse Thybulle and a first rounder and Seth Curry for Harden which is insane and they're just like I'm a believer like I I understand and this is gonna sound very critical of Joel Embiid in a way I don't want it to be like okay. I understand the big man's window is closing like in I think in a lot of sports you don't really know the window was even open until it's closed right i have said to Corinne and i've said before that i don't believe this sixers roster as currently constructed can win a title but i think in a couple years if you left the like you have to get ben's salary off the books essentially yeah but like if if he if i could like wave a wand and make ben simmons salary hit disappear like that's what i would do but like trading him for harden who's like a very needs the ball in his hands at all times like and i understand that he's still like a very lethal shooter but like i just i don't see harden and Embiid. i see them getting to the eastern conference finals and losing in the eastern conference finals with harden or without Harden? with harden with harden yeah I, I, yeah and and the things that you have to give up for hard you have to mortgage the future of the team i i don't like you know i think i think you, matisse is is not an option Tyrese shouldn't be meaningfully. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, he definitely is. He's he's no, he's he's going to be something special. Yeah, and you know, give him a year or two. You know, he's ready to come. So he's far playing so far year. above his level. Um, you know, you don't want like a you don't want to get rid of a perimeter guard like like Tease. You don't. And and with Curry, I mean, again, there's like a perimeter threat. Danny Green's playing well, like it's it's there's a they click right now i mean even tobias is playing a little better than he has been so far like there's a there's a good unit together and i think you need to honestly i think the best thing is add someone in free agency like get dump ben right at and add someone in free agency i think that's probably it i because i think if maxi continues to progress sort of at the rate or maybe a little above the rate like yeah that dude is special and yeah. matisse plays 
like Harden doesn't play defense, as we know. That was sort no. of my criticism of like trying to trade for Dame too. Is that okay? But dude can't really play defense. And the Sixers' identity is a very defensive team. Doc Rivers is a very defensive coach. Like, yeah, this is not going to be a team. I think with Embiid or without him, that wins games 140 to 130 every night. Right. Like the Warriors can do that, and they have two of the best shooters the game's ever seen. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's like the Harden thing is like just one of these. Like, I'm just sick of hearing about it. At yeah. This point. Last ditch sort of. Oh, you know, we got to go all in, and I find I, it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I'm very always very critical, uh, probably like overly so. My knee jerk reaction to oh, we're one piece away, which is sort of like certainly what Flyers management seems to believe is like a curse of this city that like yeah. we're just one piece away. Like if we just had this one piece, we'd win a title. Like. Well, we've had the current lineup before and they never gotten out of the second round. Like, why should I believe that like Harden is the answer? Like, it's not that this team doesn't score enough, really. It's just that like the roster depth isn't all there. They gave a lot of money to Tobias Harris that they probably shouldn't have. Like, oh, that was yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. And like that's to me, like that's the worst mistake Sixers management basically made irrespective of drafting Markel even was like that choice to let Butler walk and give the money to Tobias Harris, I think will haunt this franchise for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, even now, if you took Jimmy Butler and put him on the team, it's a, uh, it's an LA, a finals caliber. Just yeah. with him as the addition of shooting guard, like, like and that's just his ability to like make his teammates better by, I don't know. I don't know what he does, but that Jimmy Butler secret sauce works. Yeah, the the that like, I don't know. <laughs> like like you know that psychopath energy. It's going to be like you know, but you, you know. need to have it. Like yeah, at least one dude on your team needs to be a dead eyed, like super competitive sociopath. I, and I think that's just, why him and Embiid got along because they're both very into being just intense competitors. Right. Yeah, and like I will say the like I'm and I'm sympathetic to Ben Man, but like the story that yeah. came out about oh basically Doc Rivers wasn't nice enough to me. I'm like I understand you're struggling, but at the same time, this dude's job is to like field a competitive basketball team, and if you're not willing to do that, that's that's fine. Go get another team, but like what you're doing now is truly only hurting your own like value and yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't like this. Oh, the dude's soft or whatever bullshit nonsense. But well, uh, we we talked about Shaq last week, which yeah, and I and I realized I think that he was, um, doing a I think he was making fun of Simmons with the glasses. Yeah, because Simmons got an NF, NFT profile picture with him with those same shades. Oh, of course he fucking did. So I think that was that was Shaq just being like a, <laughs> a troll. Um, but yeah, no, like that the, that they're soft or whatever. Like I'm I'm done with that. Because like, they know, they they never say that about white players, right? That is a criticism that only like no one calls like Alex Caruso soft, right? Or whoever. That is only for black players and very harmful, weird interpretations of what a masculine man should be. Yeah, you know, and they talk about entitlement and stuff like that. Well, it's I mean, the same people that called like I will say they do say it about white football players because people called Lane Johnson soft. I'm just like. 
that man could bench press your whole family and then eat yeah. them. And you know, he was, uh, you know, um, I mean, my my, if I'm gonna make, if I'm gonna be on the side of what a real man is, whatever, it's gonna be a guy who's open about his struggles and pain, and that's right. what Lane Johnson is. And um, I, I don't like saying stuff like that to begin with. Um, we're we're gonna start a, you know, the the Philly manliness podcast where we uh, um, where we read Jordan B. Peterson and uh, <laughs> and do a bunch of benzos and just see what happens to um, us. Well. Have you ever read his book? Have you ever like looked at it? No, I refuse uh, to. Um, I looked at his his maps of meaning, like be, being someone who's kind of familiar with the whole, um, you know, monomyth thing, yeah. you know, and you have to be on benzos to, to come up with it. what he came up with. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's 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 you know, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy's wearing too. He's wearing like a waistcoat. Like, come on, Ugh. just stop. We wore the tux to be on uh, Rogan. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, he can't shoot a gun to save his life. He, no, he, hell, he was. I don't know if you saw that picture with the night vision goggles on indoors with the light on. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah I did. You, I did. Yeah, yeah, you don't know how to shoot, dude. Like, <laughs> which is fine. Which is yeah, fine. It's fine, you know. Uh, but me as as someone who's pretty, you know, uh, into into that. And has taught many people how to shoot. Whoever's teaching him does not give a damn about him. Uh, anyway, you know we're getting getting in the weeds. But that's fine. Getting in the weeds, and my brain is is foggy. Um, the Flyers play the Red Wings tonight. The Flyers are horrible. Uh, although they did win against the Jets, uh, and, they, and they hired uh, Danny Briere as the uh, assistant GM. I saw. Yep. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. This roster is trash. Trade Claude Giroux uh that same message i have uh and actually sell the team that's a, that's a new one for me but yeah. sell, sell this team please give it to me give it to yeah. me sell it oh please give it to liam because then he's gonna hire all of us ah uh, that my gm will be bras yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it was not I'll, that I'll, much about hockey I'll do, the, I'll do i'll do the beer uh selection oh yeah that's it's <laughs> i like that well we yeah you'll be you <laughs> You know, um, have some weird, like you know, just a pint of some weird. Wow, shit. I've never heard of English bit, uh, English bitters at a hockey yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> half Labatt Blue and half fruited sour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, every uh, guy's walking is like a Munich Dunkel here, Munich Dunkel. It's like oh, uh, I could go for a Dunkel. Oh, I can't drink right now. Even I know COVID. All right, um, why don't we wrap this bitch up? I gotta uh, make dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I'll skip the union talk. The union season starting at the end of the month. Exciting. Uh, uh, yes, and you're going to be watching it. Yep. We're, we're going to go down and we're going to start an Antifa uh, Ultra Club. Uh, oh, we I'm missed ready. Temple for time, but uh, they're still not really that good. Temple football is making me believe again. More next yeah. week. Yeah, we'll we'll go back more. We'll have our we'll have our Super Bowl recap um, yeah. next week. Um, uh our reactions to the Harden trade that's definitely not happening no I, I do i am i am interested you know to see what what'll happen um all right he's gonna go to the nets for lillard just to piss off philly fans that would make <laughs> me laugh i would love that that's what i'm i'm leaving that into existence well isn't he already on the nets who Harden? yeah yeah i was talking about uh dame oh 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 yeah 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 i see what you're saying yeah Oh, brain is working real good right now. 
Um, Brain fog. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, want to get to the uh, interesting fact that you uh, that we found about Father Judge? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why don't you uh, read that one to me? Why do Father Judge grads keep their diploma on the dashboard? Uh, because it doubles as a FOP membership. Uh, Critton almost got ran off the road by a cop today. Oh. Uh, going to work. Yeah. Oh, sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I love this city. They're they're too busy, you know, not prosecuting anybody or not pressing charges because Krasner, and that's what yep. they blame. It's, yeah. it, it, I mean, Philly's got a, a, a low key police strike going on right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't anyway. do their jobs, but that's fine. No, no, and and I'd rather they don't do their jobs, honestly. Yeah, abolish but, um, the police. Yeah, you need something else. Um, uh, plugs. So definitely listen to Tipping Pitches. Thanks to Bobby Knox for coming on today and and uh, making us feel a lot less intelligent about. Yeah, everything. I feel pretty dumb now. Very, very well spoken, uh, young man. Um, and so go listen to the tipping pitches. Great podcast. Um, they go into depth to all these things, um, regularly, um, listen to WTYP. They just put out a great episode on, on, uh, bike commuting. Thank you. Um, let's see. Um, listen to lions led by donkeys. Yeah. Listen Second to that. episode of the Rome cast is out. Oh, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, don't listen to 10,000 posts because they blocked us. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Come for you, Devin. And I, and I, Devin, I was going to make a joke about how we would play like Welsh cricketers or Welsh rounders or whatever weird baseball thing is, you know, to see who gets to keep the name just out of a joke. But again, blocked. See how it is. Um, listen to, I guess, what, the rest of the extended universe, Trash Future, et cetera. Kill James uh, Bond. Kill James so, Bond. Uh, hell of a way. It's hell of a way so to forth. die. We got to get. Um, them on to uh, uh we got to get uh what's his name on to uh talk francis um, yeah francis on talk about st louis um anyway so that's it uh like us like us on uh apple podcast rate yes. us up wherever you get just give us five stars don't give us anything less than that um, we will come for you and send us dms or leave a voicemail and if you don't want to be at feature i had someone ask me this if you don't want to be featured on the podcast, like if you want me to play your voice just you can tell me i won't play your voice or say your name, whatever. Like, like we got you. Uh, other than that, I think that's Bye, it. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>